Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Getting you ready for a college football Saturday. This is BetQLU with RJ Choppy and Jeffrey Wright. Welcome, welcome, welcome to BetQLU. As the introduction suggests, my name is Jeffrey Wright. The coast of the Giannotto and Jeffrey Show weekdays here in Memphis, Tennessee from 2 until 4 on 92.9 FM ESPN. My co-host, he's back, baby. We missed you. He's RJ Choppy. He's the co-host of Shannon RJ Monday through Friday, 5.30 to 10 a.m. on 105.3 The Fan. He is, of course, on Twitter, at RJ Choppy. Welcome back, bud. It's good to be back. You know, had a uh, one-week uh, layoff in sunny. It was sunny. It was kind of sunny Colorado on the uh, ski slopes. It didn't have a whole lot of snow on them. That was okay. I didn't mind. You, you'll be proud. I did a I did a head fake game for you, and it won. It did. Oh it did. man! It did. Now I didn't really need the head fake game because I just took Clemson, but I was trying to get it into a, a single digit. But I, I was I yeah. thought you'd be proud of me. I, I carried on the legacy, even though you weren't here. Of course, we'll have a head fake game later. But I guess let's get to the let's let's get right down to it. You blink and college football season's over with. It feels over. like here we are. We're in championship week. And it's an interesting setup here, RJ, in that we look at the top four rankings, and obviously someone's going to lose between Georgia and Alabama. Clemson, or a bigger part, and Cincinnati's still sitting in there, and it feels like they're in a win-or-go-home situation. But when you look at this championship weekend, what interests you the most? There's a lot of intrigue. Uh, there's a lot of intrigue around this week. What happens with the Big 12 title game? You know, like, I want to know, like, if Alabama keeps it close and loses, do they still find a way to get into the Final Four? Uh, if Cincinnati wins, they have to be in right, right, right. But if Oklahoma State blows out Baylor, a top 10 team, do they have a case? Like, there's, a, there's so much intrigue. Uh, you know, what if Michigan loses? Is Notre Dame without a coach going to slide over and get in? I mean, there's a lot of intrigue. I, I Seriously, every single game this week, with the exception of Pitt-Wake Forest, has got storylines to it. I know they're not favored this week, or I know they're not underdogs this weekend, but if someone was to come down and say, how weird is 2021 just in general, I think my answer would be, Somehow in this universe, Notre Dame and Michigan have become like likable underdogs, like the plucky little underdog. You've got <laughs> Notre Dame with 
without a coach, although it appears Marcus Freeman was going to be announced as the head coach. The problem is the, the president of the university was at the Vatican, so they couldn't like sign like sign off on it. But it is. Can you imagine that? Like you that, what, that? Like <laughs> first off, like if you're Mark, like I'm trying to put my like put my brain in Marcus Freeman. Like I guess like you know you're going to be the coach, but like aren't you sitting there going like, guys, we we've, we've done everything in 2021 on Zoom. Like can someone not go get them like some Wi-Fi connection? Like uh, can we not just like like somehow fax this over PDF? Like how? I'm sitting here thinking, like, I, I'm this close to being the coach at Notre Dame. Can we just go ahead and make this official? Yeah, like, I've seen Angels and Demons. I know the mm -hmm. Vatican's got, like, some cool, uh, you know, technology to it. Like, I'm pretty sure yes. I'm pretty sure it's not still 1650 there where they're writing on stone. Like, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure the Vatican has some technology. Uh, it, it does feel like, you know, it feels like that could be done. But nonetheless, I'm not sure if it's official at this point, but Let's take a look at some of the other aspects of this week. If I also was trying to define how crazy 2021 is, uh, the Notre Dame job, the Oklahoma job, the Florida job, the LSU job, the USC job, all were open in the same year. What have you made? For me, it's almost like this coaching carousel has been so insane that I haven't really processed it. It's just been like, oh, yeah, there's, there's another one. Like Virginia came open yesterday or two days ago, and I didn't even blink. Uh, yeah, I know, right? If it's, it's Virginia, it's a great job too. It's like it's a great campus, it's an awesome university. There's just not a lot of recruits there that go. Uh, I, I'll tell you, you know, this has been obviously. I, I don't think it's a question now. The the wildest coaching carousel we've ever seen. I mean, you never have. I mean, you want to talk about heavyweight jobs when you've got Florida and SC and LSU and Oklahoma and Notre Dame all open at this in the same year. You've, I don't, we've never seen it. Uh, but I'll tell you what stood out to me the most is Lincoln Riley and Brian Kelly told us that Notre Dame and Oklahoma are stepping stone jobs to USC and LSU. Like, it, you have not lived until your coach left for another Power 5 job. Yeah, no, it's been... Honestly, like, sorry to the OU fans listening. It's been hilarious to watch them. Like, they don't understand. Like, you, you, you can't do this. You come, you can't come take our recruits. You can't come. It's like, welcome to the real world, y'all. Yeah. This is what everybody deals with, except for you. Like, like you enjoy like a little dose of this. But I think it is fascinating because to me, the Oklahoma job is very interesting because to your point about what Lincoln Riley's decision says to me. What it honestly said to me was, hey, we're about to go to a new league and I'm not going to have the best job in the league. And somebody's going to have to pay for the new expectations. And rather than that be me, I'm going to go to this place. I'm going to be welcomed with open arms. And honestly, I thought it was really interesting. He took the job that most people believe, if done right, it's the best job in the league. And I do think that we're starting to see he clearly values, you know, kind of the Clemson aspect of it. He doesn't really care if he's in the best league. He just wants to be at the best job in that league. Yeah, now look, I, I'm, I live three hours from Norman. It is, without question, a top five college town that I've been to. I've been to basically every SEC town and a few in the Big Ten. 
and 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 Cal and, and Berkeley, trust me, is not really a college town. Um, no. <laughs> it's it's a fantastic job. It is, you know, I saw a tweet that you know the 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 SC fans and the, the people in California will never love Lincoln Riley as much as they do at Oklahoma, and they are a thousand percent right. Like the, it, it is, it is not even close. If you want the, if you want to be a college head coach, there are few places that are better than Norman to be a college head coach at USC. You get to be a college football coach and an NFL coach all at the same time. You, you really do get both. It's, it's a rare breed. The facilities probably aren't nearly as good as they are to OU. Uh, but moving to the SEC, you know, where does Oklahoma rank on the jobs? Uh, I mean, it's to me, it's on that it's on the top tier, but you're competing now with AM and with Alabama and with LSU and with Florida for the best job in the league. You, I mean, you could go in the SEC and Auburn is like the seventh best job. Maybe the ninth. You know, like yeah, it, I mean, it's that deep. And yeah, for me, it's one of those situations where I think you and I see a little differently. I think the Florida job's a little overrated. I think that, but like I put Oklahoma on that tier. Like to me, Alabama is the best job in the country. Then it's Georgia. And then it's probably LSU. And that's what we saw with Brian Kelly. I'm curious, as a Yankee that went down south, did you ever try to drop a Southern accent on your first day in Knoxville? I did not. Uh, it took me uh, like 10 years to get rid of it. Uh, mm-hmm. I grew up in New Jersey. It took me 10, like at least 10 years uh, to get rid of the accent. And, and I still have traces of it, I think. I don't know. But it's – no, I never did that. I never, I never pulled that, uh, hey, let's, let's go on and, and, and give that old twang on day one. I did like him reaching for it too because you could tell like he thought he nailed it and then you just see the internet do what the internet does, which is like <laughs> get a little of this guy. I mean it – it's just, it was just the perfect. Remember when Madonna married Guy Ritchie and she was living in London and all of a sudden oh, yeah. Madonna had a British accent? It's like, oh, <laughs> you're from Detroit. Yeah. Like, shut up. Yeah, no, that, that old Detroit slash London yeah. hybrid accent. Yeah. It just uh, doesn't work. Speaking the, speaking the Kings in Detroit, were you there, Madonna? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, but this is what college coaches are. Like, they're, they're used car salesmen. I mean, oh, yeah, you know I, I, like, first off, I did like how I did also love how every blowhard was like, how could Brian Kelly do this? Uh, you said one hundred million dollars, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go do that. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go do that. That's exactly what all of us would do. Like, I, I, w- I know, like, it's as sports fans, like we kind of because there's this weird, like passion, emotion element, but it's like, uh. If somebody offered to double my salary, let me tell you what, I'm going to go do that. Like, I, we don't have this ability yeah. to conceptualize, like, to them, it, it, I know this is insulting to say, but, like, RJ, it might be a job. Yeah, it might be. Like, I, I'll tell you, I, I would move to Beirut and do radio for $100 million. Like, there's there's nothing I wouldn't do. For $100 oh, million, yeah. just pick the state, pick the country, and I'll go there. It's why I, I was there. I respected Zach Grinke as much as any, like, modern athlete. When he said, if they pay me $220 million, I'll pitch on the moon, I was like, that's my guy. Like, because yeah. that's exactly what I would do. I don't Yeah. Care. Now, could you could you argue with the timing of Brian Kelly? Like, could Brian Kelly have told LSU, hey, guys, I'm in? 
wait till Sunday. You know, because if, if my team's in the Final Four, I want to make sure they get the Final Four. Like, and I said that, the, sure. I think the argument is probably no, because I think what happened is, I think Notre, or you know, I think essentially LSU said, here's the job. Like, do you want it? Yes or yeah. no? And I think Kelly then had to make that decision. And to me, though, what it really speaks volumes of, RJ, what a wonderful playoff system we have here in college football in that you literally could win a national championship and you're like, nah, I'm just going to go switch jobs this week. Like, good luck, guys. Like, appreciate yeah. the hard work. Like, what – it's, like, just such a horrible, like, horrible endorsement of the playoff that somebody's like, yeah, I'm just going to go take another job right before right before I find right. out whether my team did or didn't get in. That it's it, you know, because I wonder if if Brian if Notre Dame was ranked third, yeah, and they were and, and and their season's over, so they weren't going to drop. If they were Correct. ranked third, does he take it? Does he still take I, the LSU job? And I, I find that the answer I think the answer is yes because I think when you look at it from his perspective, I think he thinks I've maxed out Notre Dame, and I think he honestly probably was like, listen, we could go to the playoff, but this team like anyone that's watched Notre Dame knows like they're a very good solid team but they're not yeah. even one of the better like better Notre Dame teams we've seen in the last four or five years right. in terms of like the playoff contenders and I think he realized the one thing I don't have on my resume is a national championship at this level you know he's, he's won championships at lower levels and I think he thought I'm 60 years old this who knows if this job comes open again or this quality of job this level of job and I think he just said, ah, screw it. I'm going to take it. You might be right. You might be right. I think it would be an interesting um, decision for him to make. Uh, now, look, we, we, this, needs to be, this needs to be fixed. I mean, it really does. I, 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 I'll, I'll at least respect Lincoln a little bit. I mean, he waited basically until their title hopes were done. Well, as we job. found out, like, they hammered out that contract in, like, 20 minutes over coffee. Like, it yeah. he didn't even talk to them until Sunday. Like, as no. we learned, it's like, are you – like, come on. I did love Scott Van Pelt when he was interviewing him on Monday night. He was like, come on, man. Like, it, you know, yeah. like, uh, like – I, I mean, it's amazing they were able to buy him a house in L.A. Yeah. and then pay, what, half a million over asking for whatever for each of his two houses in Norman? Like it, it's pretty wild that they were able to come to all this uh, on on a, on a cocktail napkin, over drinks at a happy hour. I, I just I, I didn't know. Maybe they did it at Sir with the Vanderpump mm. people. I, I don't know what they did it at. Yeah, but I mean that's uh, what I, I would have done it at. They probably Tom, hammered Tom, it out at Tom. They probably went to Nobu, got some sushi, you know, just hammered it out yep. real quick. Yeah, yep. maybe maybe yep. maybe they they finalized it at some coffee bean. You know that that feels like, you know, we know like these. These contracts, you know, it's not like it takes them days to comb over them and go through it. It's no. like, yeah, just hammer it out. It's like, right. come on, dude. Like, Oklahoma yeah. was panicked on Friday that you weren't yeah. giving them, like, that they didn't have the warm and fuzzies. Like, I do kind of think, though, I give credit to Mike Bone, the USCAD. That was kind of a baller move to use the SEC hysteria and LSU as cover to just quietly in the middle of the night. And then shout-outs to Lincoln and his agent. Got the big deal from you. Got the big offer from LSU. Hey, SC, you want to match? Yep. You want to match? That was a huge, huge offer, man. I mean, it really, really was. And, and like, you know, if you're Lincoln Riley, again, it's there's a lifestyle aspect. I mean, it's you know, you're going to LA. It's LA, man. Like you, you either love or hate LA. Like, but if you don't, if you don't, 
you can say what you want about the whole area. Like it's crowded, but I mean, it's 70 degrees every day, man. Oh, I can tell you as a college student, it's a horrible place to live if you're poor. But I can tell you this. Yeah. If you're, you're rich, rich you do it right. it's not that bad. Like, oh, yeah, it's no. 75 and sunny again. Like, okay. you know, the traffic, whatnot. It's like, yeah, you're rich enough. You can live in the areas where traffic doesn't really bother you. All right, when we come back during the next segment, we're going to get into the actual games and figure out whether or not anyone is indeed on upset alert on championship weekend. Since 2017, the favorites have usually held serve. However, is this a different year? We've seen with 2021, chaos has kind of reigned supreme. We'll find out indeed if anyone is truly on upset alert. I'm Jeffrey Wright. He's RJ Choppy. This is BetQLU. From tailgates to rushing the field, on Saturday, it's BetQLU in the action. From noon to 8 Eastern, available on BetQL and the Odyssey app. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus you're listening to BetQLU with RJ Choppy and Jeffrey Wright. Hey, welcome back to BetQLU. I'm Jeffrey Wright. He's RJ Choppy. According to ESPN's Chris Felica, since 2017, two of the four Pac 12 championship games resulted in an underdog winning outright. If you're listening to us, either the Pac 12 championship game's going on right now, or you're listening on Saturday and it's already happened. The reason I bring that up. RJ, in the other five power or in the other four power five leagues, none of the 16 games resulted in an underdog winning outright. So let's figure out is this the year? Let's put somebody on upset alert. Upset alert. All right, RJ, what do you got? Man, I'll tell you, you know, I'm I'm thinking around, I'm looking around here at, at who could possibly be upset. And and honestly. I think it's Oklahoma State. I think Oklahoma State is the team that I need to put on upset alert. And not necessarily that I think they're going to lose the game, but this is the game. Like, this is the one. If I had to pick, like, I don't really see Iowa keeping up with Michigan. I don't really see Alabama beating Georgia. I think they keep it close, but I don't see them beating Georgia. I think it's Baylor. I think Baylor has the chance of pulling the upset over Oklahoma State. And if you were to go and look at 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 the you know the 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 the, the previous game between these two teams, if you ask Oklahoma State fans, and I got a lot of friends who are Oklahoma State fans, they're a little scared of this game. 
they're a little bit scared. So Oklahoma State is the team that I would put on upset alert. Yeah, if you just look at how Oklahoma State plays, and again, as you mentioned, the previous game was in Stillwater, and it was like a 14-point game. But when you watch the whole thing, like there was a couple of big turnovers for Baylor. I just think that it kind of stands to reason in that in this Big 12 where no one was really head and shoulders better than anyone else, I, I think that's a, a reasonable play. The only other thought that I had on championship weekend, Houston and Cincinnati. I'm not particularly convinced that either team can block the other. I still think Cincinnati is going to win the game, but in a close game that might kind of you know come down to turnovers and whatnot, I think at Houston at plus 325 might be worth just the stab in the dark because yeah. I think that their defense can keep up with Cincinnati's defense. And to me, like if you get into a defensive struggle, sometimes it can come down to just one play. And I feel like that might be worth just the, the dart throw, if you will. I think, it, I think it's a fair point. Uh, you know, Cincinnati is, we saw, we saw Houston take on SMU about a, what, about a month and a half ago, a month ago. Yeah. And Houston was red. They were a red hot football team and SMU hadn't lost. So SMU was hot too. And it was it was a very close game, but Houston was in in the lead in that game for much of the first you know first half, first you know two and a half quarters. Um, that, they're a good team, and they're a well coached team. Uh, and so is Cincinnati. Cincinnati's got a great football coach, but you know I, I think the best thing for Cincinnati right now is that we have it is that Notre Dame has hired a coach, or we think yeah. you know you know if there was an opening at Notre Dame. I think you would have a lot of Cincinnati players wonder if Luke Fickle is going to be the guy there. Uh, and as of it is right now, the way that game is going to, when that game kicks off, doesn't appear that's going to be the case. Yeah, I, I think that's a very fair point. It's like the fact that they've announced it. It's, I mean, to me, Luke Fickle feels like he's the guy that's waiting for either the chance to get the Ohio State job again, maybe a Michigan type job, or Notre Dame. And, like Oklahoma doesn't feel like the spot that that he would go. I think you have to feel pretty good that, you know, we've got our coach. And Luke Fickle also does seem like, unlike Brian Kelly, Luke Fickle does seem like the guy that's like, I'm riding it out with my guys. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, he, he actually does seem to have those types of characteristics. Let's start. Let's start with Saturday in order. Let's go to the Big 12 championship game just outside of Arlington, your neck of the woods. Again, at we saw this game earlier this year. It's interesting. What do you make of the spot for Oklahoma State? Because while they are kind of on the outside looking in, I think they have to feel pretty confident that if we win at 12-1, and one, we can play our way in. One thing that's been interesting to me is there's always kind of this air of when Oklahoma State plays in big games that you're kind of waiting for them to choke. We saw last week they didn't really choke. And really kind of this year, their one loss was a, a one-score loss at Ames, Iowa. There's nothing – like, there was nothing embarrassing about it. They had a lead at certain points. It's just they didn't get the final score. What's kind of the atmosphere with Oklahoma State? Because, to me, the, the thing that stood out with them this year is every time we've kind of waited on the stumble, they really haven't. They've been pretty darn consistent all year. They have. And, and you know, they're a an opposite Oklahoma. They're, they're a defense-first team a lot of times. Uh, they're a very good defensive team. And that's that's counter to what a lot of Oklahoma State teams have been in the past. Honestly, if they win this game, 
I don't know how you keep them out. Um, they have a bet. I'm sorry. They have a better resume than Michigan. They've got, if they win this game, they will have beaten five ranked opponents this year. Michigan has one. Now they would have two. They'd be Iowa. And, 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 you know, in Michigan's defense, none of the teams Oklahoma state beat are as good as Ohio state, you know, so that, that, that counts for something. Uh, but you know, Notre Dame only has one top 25 win this year. And Oklahoma State's got five, and you're going to leave them out? Like, what are we even playing these games for then? If you're going to beat five top 25 teams and your only loss is on the road at night to the preseason number four team in the nation, like, what are the what are the rankings for? What are we using rankings for? Like, why, why do we even have them then? If I could beat five of them, lose one road game by a, by a TD – and I'm not in. I'm not one of the four best teams. Okay. Baylor has been an underdog four times this year. They've won three outright. However, the only instance the Bears did not win was against Oklahoma State. They were a four-point dog, a 24-14 to 14 loss. Let's go to the afternoon slate. We've got the SEC championship game. We've got Alabama and Georgia. RJ, if Alabama can't block Auburn, if Alabama can't block Florida, if Alabama can't block Arkansas, how the hell are they going to block Georgia? Well, that's a good question, and I don't know the answer to that one uh, because the question is, and, and the answer is, well, they can't. They can't block them. I, I will say this. I, uh, I did see Georgia live uh, in Knoxville against Tennessee, and – there is a formula to beat them. You have to speed up your offense. You've got to speed up your team big time. And, you you know, Tennessee doesn't have the athletes that Alabama does. They don't have the horses to be able to do that. If Alabama and, and Nick Saban, I'm sure, watched that game tape. In fact, we know he did. He's going to watch them all. And he's going to see that the big nasties on the defensive line of Georgia were a non-factor for a large part of that game. They had to be taken off the field. They were run, and, and, and you can pick up five yards on penalties real quick. And I think Alabama has a, does have a chance here, and that is their chance. That is their play, to play that super fast, sped-up style of football where they're, making, where they're snapping it every 12 seconds. Since 2018, Georgia has faced 16-ranked opponents. 13 of the 16 games have gone under the total. On the other side, though, nine of the past 11 SEC championship games have gone over the total. The last underdog to win the SEC title game outright was Alabama in 2009. That was the day that Tim Tebow cried. I don't know, RJ. I feel like we're kind of nitpicking Georgia. Georgia feels like they've been so good that we're kind of bored with them that we just start to try to invent ways for them to lose. And I'm not saying that, you know, this team is – invincible but they've had one one score game this entire year it was game one against Clemson and if anyone recalls that game at no point did I ever feel like Georgia was going to lose that game they have more blowout wins than even LSU did in 2019 than Alabama did last year I just think there's this there's this element that because Georgia's offense is just kind of meh and honestly, it's because Stetson Bennett is just kind of meh. 
think we keep looking for ways for them to lose. Yeah. But I just don't see it. Like, take the take the four common opponents between Alabama and Georgia. Auburn, Florida, Tennessee, and Arkansas. All four of those games, even though the Tennessee game for Alabama wound up being a quote-unquote blowout, that was a one-score game in the fourth quarter. All of those games yeah. were fourth-quarter games for Alabama. Georgia just absolutely hammered them. Like, I just think there's this idea that it feels like every argument for Alabama in this game is an emotional argument. It's like, well, Saban lives in George, in Kirby's head or uh, Georgia's going to Georgia. I got news for y'all. The Braves won the World Series. Like, Georgia might be on the rise. Like, Georgia might be back. They may, they may be able – they may be Georgia-proof, if you will. Like, I just – I'll be happy to eat my words next week, but I just don't see it, man. It's going to be tough. It's going to be really, really tough. Uh, you know, I, I think it can be done. I don't think they're infallible. They're clearly the best team in the country, but I don't think they're like that LSU team. I don't think they're like Bama last year. I don't, I don't, I don't think they are. I, I don't think they're that infallible football team, but they are the best. Uh, that much I know. Outside of Alabama, I don't know who else could beat them. Cincinnati ain't going to beat the- them. I think the team that had the best shot uh, just got their butts kicked in Ann Arbor last week. Yep, they might have. I think they had the receiving core to do it. Yeah, you have to have the receiving core. Uh, and Bama's young. You know, they got that, you know, they're at transition. Um, and, you know, that line is not – it's not a first-round line. Like, usually their, first, their offensive lines is loaded with first-rounders. Uh, and, and they don't have that right now. But, you know, I, I, I do think this is going to be – I don't think this is going to be like that Florida-Bama game where Tebow was on the side, Tebow's last game. I don't think it's going to be one of those. No, I, I think that's fair. Let's get into the Big Ten championship game right now. I believe Michigan about an 11-point favorite. Yeah. RJ, I know we can be prisoners of the moment. I just think this Michigan team is, is built really well. They've got the defensive front that are just absolute animals. They are running the football down everyone's throat. Cade McNamara is, like, kind of new John Navarre. You know what I mean? Like, he's game manager, but he's more of a modern version of it, whereas, like, Navarre was the prototypical stand back in the pocket. It feels like McNamara is more of, like, kind of the modern quarterback version, but and I just don't know how Iowa scores in this game. And no, particularly against this defense, and – I don't know. I could again. This is another situation where I feel like I could eat my words next week, but and I really think Georgia's trending in the right direction. Or I beg your pardon, Michigan's trending in the right direction. They definitely are. Uh, I'll be honest. I I don't know that I have ever cared less about a Big Ten title game with national title implications than I do about this one. It's I don't because think, watching Iowa's the worst. It is awful. It is atrocious to watch Iowa. You know, that that is – they are not playing modern football. And, you know, like, I, I enjoy and I respect watching Army-Navy. I, oh, I yeah. Respect, I respect the game. These are not first-round talents. These are not kids who have a, a, a light they – they don't desire for a life in the NFL. Uh, and plus, it's a throwback. I get it. That game is a throwback. Iowa, dude, like you guys have been trying, you're trying to compete for a title, at least they were, and you're running out that offense. I mean, that that's a, that's a, that's a, like a early 2000s SEC offense right there. 
Oh, no, it's it was bad. like the SEC offenses before Spurrier got to the SEC yeah. and realized, like, you know, you had the 230-pound cornerbacks that were just, like, glorified strong safeties. Like, this – it's it's atrocious to watch. Like, Spencer Petrus, like, no thank you. Like, so get him off the field. Like, watching him hurts my eyes. It does. It really does. Like, it's very hard to watch. Uh, and, and that's why I don't – that, that screams take the under to me. The only problem is Michigan, you know, I mean, they theoretically could put up 40 on you. Oh, only, especially, you know, with Iowa having to go up against their defensive front, like turnovers are now in play. Iowa has not been a double-digit dog since 2017 when they lost 38-14 to to Wisconsin. However, the Hawkeyes have won two of the past games in which they were double-digit dogs. That was 2017 against Ohio State and 2016 against Michigan. However, in the Big Ten title game, RJ, since going to the East-West format from the Legends and Leaders or the slow and slower format that they used to have, the Big Ten East is 4-2-1 against the number. I still can't believe they actually thought Legends and Leaders was a good idea. It's the most Big Ten thing ever. I mean, you want to talk about the most pretentious set of namings. That is oh, it. Yeah. Good God. That is, that's got Gordon G. written all over it. Oh, God. The bow tie Vanderbilt. Was <laughs> it like, it Ohio, it's like Vanderbilt, West Virginia, Ohio State. Like, it was, God. <laughs> such a clown. Oh, my God. Uh, that is a reference that six people out there in the audience probably get. <laughs> All right, when we come back, we've got RJ's head fake games. We're also going to get into the betting cards. Still haven't got into the ACC championship game, but we are going to discuss that one next because it's on my card. Stick around. You're listening to BetQLU. From tailgates to rushing the field, on Saturday, it's BetQLU in the action. From noon to 8 Eastern, available on BetQL and the Odyssey app. You're listening to BetQLU with RJ Choppy and Jeffrey Wright. Welcome back to BetQLU. I'm Jeffrey Wright. He's RJ Choppy. We missed RJ last week. I had to step in and pinch hit for him during the head fake games, but thank God the Masters back. RJ, let's get into it. Head fake games. All right, thank you very much, and thank you for filling, uh, filling the huge shoes that you had to fill last week uh, with the head fake game. Of course, what is a head fake game? That is, it's it's quite simple. You're going to imagine, you're going to make believe that you are a very large betting syndicate, and whatever you make a bet, the casino notices. So you take your bet, and then you flip it, and on the other side, you hammer it. So you do a small bet. Let's just say you wanted to bet Cincinnati minus 10.5, but you want that number to go to 8. You bet a small bet on Houston. They know that you bet to make that bet. You're influential. They're going to lower the number, and then you come back and hammer over the top with Cincinnati with a much bigger number. Uh, And in this one, I'll tell you, you know, I was I was struggling. I really was struggling to find a game here. I loved the over in the Wake Forest pit game. All right, 71. Those two teams score like 40 a game. Not going to touch it. I thought about Alabama. Thought about taking Alabama, making it an eight-point game, getting it over that number. Nope, not going to touch it. What I'm going to do is I'm going to do, and I'm going to bet Michigan. So I'm going to do a small bet on Iowa, a very small bet on Iowa, 
try to get that number down from 11 down to about nine and a half, get it inside the touchdown and field goal, and then hammer Michigan over the top if it gets down to nine and a half, and that'll be my head fake game of the week. Yeah, I, it is this weird reality where it feels like the head fake games. I did last week, I took Clemson as my head fake game. It feels like if we can just find a way to get those teams that we like, let's get it to a single digit. Like that feels like yeah. the perfect sweet spot for a head fake game. Mentioned the ACC championship game. We haven't talked about it yet, but we are going to talk about it because it's on the card. Let's get into the cards. The betting card. All right, RJ, I'll yield to you. All right, let's do it. Uh, I got uh, five games for you. Um, and the first one I will do, Baylor, Oklahoma State. I've got the over 46 and a half. 46 and a half is a low number for college, man. Very low. Very, very low. Uh, to think that both teams aren't going to score 21 points or you know 23 points each in this game, I think that's kind of asking uh, that's asking a lot. I am taking the over 46 and a half uh, in that one. I also, and this is a complete shot here because normally I would love to take this other team, but losing the coach, I am taking App State minus three against Louisiana. All right, so that's game number two. I got Michigan minus 11 against Iowa. I am taking the over in the wake pit game over 71 and a half. Uh, like I said, both teams are just putting up 35, 40 points a game each. I mean, the only time Pitt really didn't, uh, sorry, Wake didn't score 35. It was against Clemson. They still put up 27. So, I mean, they, they are rolling. Uh, both teams put up 70 uh, at a different point this season. And then finally, I can't believe I'm doing it. I am going to be a sucker for Saban and take Alabama plus six and a half. All right. So we have a couple of different ideas. So obviously for those that are listening on Saturday, the first two games will have already occurred. So you'll know what I had. I have the under in UTSA, Western Kentucky. I just think UTSA wants to run the football. I know Western Kentucky throws it all over the yard, but 73 points. Like that's just way too many. Give me under 73. The Pac-12 is always going to do what the Pac-12 does, which is eat itself. And so yeah. this could be funny for those uh, if, if this goes the other way. But it made all the sense in the world for Utah to beat Oregon and make sure to ruin the Pac-12's chances of getting into the playoff. I feel like Oregon returns the favor in Vegas in front of 50,000 empty seats. That feels about right. Mm. Give me Oregon plus three. I'm on the other side of you on App State Lafayette. I know Napier's going to Florida. But this team is a team full of, like, super seniors. Basically, like, yeah. everyone kind of came back for one last ride. And I think everyone's kind of on the same page here. And also, the game's down in Lafayette. And the most important aspect of this game is I refuse to bet on Chase Bryce. Like, I just can't do it. He's awful. He is a turnover machine. Give me Lafayette plus three. That's one of those classic games both sides feel like a trap. But give me Lafayette. I... Every argument for Alabama, to me, feels emotional. I'm taking Georgia minus six and a half. I just think they're the best team. I do not think Alabama's going to be able to block them, and I think Georgia's going to be able to pretty much do, you know, they're not going to blow them out in the sense of, like, they've been beating everyone else, but it's under a touchdown. I just, I, I do not see any way Alabama keeps it within a score. Kind of for the same reasons we're talking about in the ACC championship game, I'm like you. That's a game where even though the total's high at 71, 
that is not a game you want to be in on the under because neither team is really all that interested in playing defense. Both teams give up explosive plays on defense. I'm taking Pitt minus three. I think really what it boils down to is this is a game where I feel like it's going to be track meet, track meet, track meet. I trust Kenny Pickett. I think Sam Hart Hartman's yeah. had a nice season, but I think Kenny Pickett's a legit quarterback. And to me, give me Wake minus three in that one. We've got Michigan and Iowa. I'm right there with you. I This is one of those games that if you can get team totals, I love Iowa's team total under. I do not think that they can score. Their, their offense is getting worse. Now they're juggling quarterbacks. Like, I do not see that at all. I really like where Michigan is. Everyone, I think, is waiting for this hangover spot for Michigan. Yeah. Okay, they haven't had the hangover really all year. Even no, after they, they lost even after they lost at Michigan State, like they have played consistent football each and every week. I just think the way the season is trending, the two best teams are Georgia and Michigan, and I think both are pretty strong right now. And then obviously, RJ, we've got a, a, just a pure degenerate special. I don't know if All you've right. happened to check the schedule. Did you see that at 10 o'clock God's time, 11 o'clock Eastern, but 10 o'clock God's time, over on FS1 or FS Fun, as I like to think of it, USC is playing Cal. And you might be thinking to yourself, like, wait, what? Is that, what, ha, is that a mistake? No, 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 no. That is not a replay. We have got a rescheduled game. But most importantly, RJ, did you happen to catch those reports out of L.A. this week that let's just say USC might have been protesting practice or protesting the game and not wanting to play? Give no. me Cal minus four and a half. Like, I, this is just a classic – Cal is going to want to play this game. Neither team's playing for bowl eligibility, but almost every single person on Cal's roster wanted a USC offer and didn't get it. Give me Cal minus four and a half, and the they just care more special. It is it is definitely that they just care more special. I, I, you know, this is one of those weird games. Like, why even bother? No one's going to go to the game. You see how the crowds are out there anyway uh, for these games. Uh, it, uh, one of the biggest waste of time. Uh, is playing this football game. I absolutely love the pick. It's a true degenerate special. And, and I love the – I like the pit pick, man. I really do. And, and I love the over. I mean, seriously, like like Wake Forest gave up 56 to Army. And Pitt gave up 44 to Western Michigan. Like those te- – defense is optional in that game. It's going to be just like the Wake Carolina game. It's going to be a, a just a barn burner. Well, to your point, like while Pitt – with Narduzzi, you think like they're probably more defensive-minded. They just give up explosive plays. And to me, like, that is what the claw fence is. I know every Tennessee fan just loves to see the claw fence go out and, and have the kind of success that it has, but that's what they want. They're trying to scheme up big plays, and to me, that just reeks of the game that it feels like the smart play is to have the under, but I want nothing to do with it. Like, that's just a game where you don't have it. It's like having the under in Bedlam. Can you believe that there was yeah. some oh, poor soul out there last week that was sitting there going, listen, these two teams are defensive teams that no one really thinks about. Like, But you've got to have the under in Bedlam. And then you sit there and you realize at halftime that it was one point away from going over. Like yeah. that's, I just was thinking about that. Whoever that poor soul out there was, because I just respect the brand of Bedlam. Like they know that's not what anyone's tuning into this game for. Like, let's just get drunk. Like that's that's what that game they is know. all about. I mean, that's what they do. Exactly what they do in Bedlam. It, it's a great series. It's it's a there is an expectation there. 
There really is. That, 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 that game is void of defense. doesn't matter who's playing. RJ, I think you will you'll probably know better than anyone. So I have a spreadsheet that keeps tabs of, of all the bets from this year. Your boy, not counting the seven bets that we've got this weekend, your boy has placed, one, see, I'm 120, 105, and four. Best I can tell, that is 229 bets this year in college football. Wow. Shoot or shoot, baby. Shoot or shoot. Look, the way to go, I mean, it really is. The more you bet, the they're better all coin flips. Like I'm just trying to, I view it kind of like you know, it's it's uh, minimizing risk. Like, yeah, yeah, am I am I probably gonna have the weekend where I I make you know thousands? No, but eh, you know, there's a reason why I'm sitting at fifty three percent. Yeah, like uh, if you bet, if you if you use a computer model to bet, you, you gotta, gotta bet all the games. Yes, you have to bet them all. That's the whole that's the whole point of the model. If the model's like playing small ball in baseball, either either you bunt them over, or you, like you have, you can't just play small ball sometimes. Like you have to stick no. with the numbers all the time. If you're gonna hit on 15, you've got to do it every single time, or you never do it. And when you when you when you bet, you've got to bet every game or none of them. Like you can't just say, oh, you know, I'm gonna use this computer model. This computer spit out 20 games to me, and I'm gonna pick five. What if you pick the wrong five? You've got to bet them all. And so I, I absolutely love the formula and the process that you use 229 bets 229 then i got i got what did i say seven this week i think like i kept i kept up till last week uh because i was i was on vacation i didn't do any bets and i was like and this was just this was on college and nfl i was like 58 and 40 i didn't even you've done more college bets double the college bets that i've done college and nfl and you're going to wind up making more money than me. Even though I've got a, I've got a great percentage, you're going to wind up making way more money than I am. I mean, listen, there's nothing I'd rather do. Than, like, the idea of just, like, having five bets on a Saturday makes no sense to me. Like, I, I, yeah. with this many games, like, it's, like, who the heck wants that? Like, that's just not what this is all about. There are no BetQL five-star bets for Saturday. So if you were waiting to hear that, unfortunately, we don't have any at this time. We're here each and every Friday night at 11 Eastern. Also, when you wake up all morning long on Saturday, then once the games kick off, it's BetQLU in the action. Eight hours of in-depth college football preview and reaction. It's all on BetQL, and it's all available on the Odyssey app. I'm Jeffrey Wright. He's RJ Choppy. Thanks for listening to and watching BetQLU. From tailgates to rushing the field. BetQLU in the action from noon to 8 Eastern, available on BetQL and the Odyssey app.